ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. It's Thursday, August 30th, and your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Coming up later on the program, we're going to talk to the voice of the Miami Red Hawks, Steve Baker. He's going to join us. We'll talk to him about the upcoming matchup between Marshall and Miami. That's Saturday. And you can, of course, listen to the game right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And coming up in a couple of minutes, we're going to hear from Joe Bartle from RotoWire. So we'll talk to him in a few minutes. We're getting him connected right now as we speak. I'm excited. We're getting closer to game time. We have got football all over the place. High school football this weekend. We'll be video streaming Huntington High, Riverside. That's coming up tomorrow night. You can check it out by going to our website at wrbc.com. Also, find us on Facebook. We'll have the game for you. And, of course, you can listen to it on the radio side right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So that's what we've got in store for you. As I mentioned, we're going to be connecting here just a moment with Joe Bartle from RotoWire. So he's going to be our guest here in a moment. So we're doing that right now. Until then, it's just going to be you and me. We're hanging out, getting you set for all the action this weekend. I'm excited. We got college football. It's back. Thundering Herd, Miami. So we're not getting Joe as quickly as I thought we'd be getting him. So we will try here for just a minute. Of course, fantasy football. That's what Joe's going to be talking to us about, and the office fantasy football pool is about to begin, so um, I thought this would be helpful for everyone in the office to get the most important fantasy football tips they possibly could get, and unfortunately for some of our people in this office, um, they don't need any tips, man. I think I'm the one who needs the tips a little bit more. So uh, we're getting Joe connected now, it looks like, so we're going to get him squared away here. And do this show properly so we can welcome to the program now Joe Bartle from RotoWire, which is the industry's premium fantasy sports resource for over two decades. Joe hasn't been there for two decades, but that's okay. He's as experienced as they come. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing well, yeah. Not quite two decades. I'll, I'll, I'll work my up there. Don't worry about it. Though. You'll get there. You'll get there. So we got preseason football coming up tonight, and um, – just for note for our listeners, uh, that's a game they can listen to right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 as we've got the Cincinnati Bengals and the Indianapolis Colts. We'll join that game a little bit late due to some programming obligations, but over on our sister station, we'll go on the air at 530. Now, that means we can get into fantasy football full swing because the preseason is going to be over after tonight. As a fantasy football guy, what do you look at with these final preseason games? Do these have any meaning for you? Not really. I mean, I mean, truthfully, they don't. This is this is more for the uh, guys that are around that thirty-five to fifty-three range in that uh, fifty-three man roster that are trying to fight for the spot and gain more depth chart-wise. I think as a fantasy owner, it's okay to follow the preseason, and you should be up to date and uh, at least have some idea of what's going on. But to look too much into it, I think, is a trap, and, and you just have to be safe with some of the analysis. 
the coaches are purposely not going to be showing things during preseason. There are players that aren't going to be playing as much during the preseason. And I think trying to look too much into preseason games ends up being a bit of a downfall, especially when putting together your lineup. So, no, I try not to take that much away from the preseason games when it comes to fantasy. So you're set to go. You've got your notes. You're ready to go. Your strategy is already in place. Nothing tonight other than a major injury, which hopefully is not going to happen because these guys aren't going to be out there that long, would change anything. Exactly, yeah. I mean, let's talk, for instance, about the game that you were just advertising before. I'm interested to see how Marlon Mack and Jordan Wilkins end up doing. I've been a huge fan of Marlon Mack since he was drafted by the Colts last year. I think he has a ton of talent, and that injury really impacted a lot of how I would have uh, looked for mid to late round running backs. I do think Jordan Wilkins is a kind of talented guy as well, though. So if he's able to do well this preseason game and he earns that starting job should Marlon Mack get out that uh, or continue to be hurt, I think that's an interesting dynamic to kind of keep an eye on. And there's a few more of that around the league, like Peyton Barber, uh, Peyton Barber, I should say, and Ronald Jones. People like that are. I'm still kind of fascinated to see, and even uh, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Those are the types of things I'm kind of keeping an eye on. But at this point, I feel pretty comfortable with what I'm going to be entering the NFL season with, and as a result, I feel pretty comfortable with what I know and what I want to target when it comes to fantasy. Now, I heard an interesting comment, a, a way that someone's doing fantasy football. I want to throw at you. I heard this a couple of days ago. Um, with um, one of the members of the media here in the market. Uh, they've been doing a fantasy football league for about 15 years, he said. And he's got, I think, everybody almost back on a yearly basis. And they do it a little bit differently. They actually keep the same players on a yearly basis or trade for players. Uh, how do you look at a league like that for a fantasy football player who maybe – wants to do something with his friends on a long-term basis, and that seems a little overwhelming. Uh, see, I actually like that. What you're referring to, at least in, from my understanding, is either a keeper or a dynasty league fantasy format. And I actually am in a dynasty league with a bunch of my friends uh, from high school. We've been able to keep going for now six or seven years. And it's really something that I, I, I enjoy. It puts an emphasis on the college game, which is something I love. More football, the better. That's, that's kind of how I live my life. So I get to watch more of the college game and understand dynamics there and kind of do some self-scouting beforehand. But the strategical element of where you're getting your players or when you might be getting your players in a keeper or dynasty league is a lot different than a snake draft. And to me, adding more strategy to just a regular snake draft type uh, type of format is something I really enjoy as a fantasy player. I I think it really helps also uh, kind of fall in love with some of these players that you might have already loved instead of just rooting for maybe your favorite team you can also root for a favorite player because you have them on your fantasy team, not just this year, but for multiple years down the road. So a keeper in dynasty format, like what you were just describing, is one of my favorite aspects about fantasy that uh, I think a little bit unheralded. And I really wish would get more attention in the fantasy scene. What do you think it's about it? Maybe that's not getting as much attention, just the fact that most people, when they play fantasy, they're going with maybe an online service and I don't know if the online services, for the most part, have a system like that, or maybe they do, and I've just overlooked it. There's there's a few. I think um, the standard ones that you look at Yahoo or ESPN, um, they really don't have a keeper or dynasty league format. They're they're growing, and I think they're kind of listening to a bit more of that. Uh, I'd say minority audience as far as incorporating that into their regular fantasy coverage and the regular. Uh, fantasy leagues kind of being able to put together. But for the most part, you have to go to different sites to be able to do something like that. Uh, I, I like to use AutoNew. It's a, a relatively new site that also incorporates 
a bit of the auction league format into the keeper or dynasty league thing. But there are ways to incorporate it into just a regular ESPN or Yahoo league. Uh, it takes a bit of a workaround, I think, and it takes more of a smart commissioner, or a heads-up commissioner to be able to kind of uh, keep a daily task, not daily, I should say a weekly task of everything that goes on and uh, keeping track of everything and makes it all, making sure it all runs smoothly. But for the most part, there are, I would say, smaller sites that are putting those keeper or dynasty leagues together as opposed to the bigger, big-name value brands, I should say. Joining us from Roto-Wire, Joe Bartle, and he's been covering fantasy football for years at Roto-Wire. Now, with fantasy football taking off, I think, a lot more than in years past, you also got the online gambling. We've talked about that last week. And I'm noticing now more and more people are getting into Madden even more with their Madden Ultimate team. Maybe not exactly what we're talking about, but still there's that fantasy component to it as well because you're drafting teams and still you have to go out there and play. But it seems like fantasy has just evolved from your standard draft a team and go play. There's more ways to play fantasy football now than ever. Yeah, it's funny you should bring up Madden Ultimate Team. That's one of my, my favorite side projects. And I also am the eSports editor at RotoWare. I, I wear a lot of hats in our, in our company. So uh, I, I love Madden. I love playing Madden Ultimate Team, and it's, it's a fun way to put together your roster. It's It's different than fantasy football, obviously. I mean, uh, there's there's real life money implications sometimes on the line in your fantasy football league and in Madden Ultimate Team there's not quite those kinds of things going on but there there's there is I think a, a public perception that's growing with fantasy sports where it's not just this cliche thing that uh, maybe only a few of your friends do I think it's really reaching a, a wide audience it's not just for young people it's for old people it's not just for males females are doing is uh, are are very active in fantasy leagues as well I, I, it's it's kind of it's growing to be not just um, a niche thing, but more of a pop culture thing. And it's cool to see and cool to be a part of and kind of on the cutting edge of this growth in fantasy football. I don't see it going away anytime soon. I think what it adds to not just the football experience, but a, a, so, a sociological or, or uh, a societal experience is really something I, I admire and I, I enjoy kind of watching unfold. I didn't know you're the esports editor as well. That's, that's kind of fun because, of course, Madden is what it is. It's a beast every year, and uh, a few years ago it'll be college football as well. So, esports have really taken off, and I think part of it is, would you say, the fantasy aspect that has been seeping in more and more. You see it with FIFA. You see it with uh, the latest 2K entries for basketball, NHL as well. It seems like there's a huge fantasy component to those online games. Yeah, and we also do a lot of League of Legends coverage and Dota 2 coverage too, and those aren't sports-specific games, but they are part of that esports realm, and Dota 2 really incorporated into their international tournament uh, last week and, and kind of over the course of this last month, where they really gave interesting prizes away to Dota 2 users uh, that kind of followed along and, and incorporated that into their fantasy game. And League of Legends, I you know, as a, as a fantasy guy that loves fantasy football, I also love League of Legends. I wish they would do more with the fantasy aspect because they definitely could, especially in the professional leagues. But that is still there, and it's it's uh, even seen in DraftKings too that they sponsor esports leagues too. So I, I I think that fantasy it's not just a fantasy football thing. There's fantasy baseball, basketball, and esports too. I mean, it's it really is a wide spectrum of things for fantasy sports. Joining us from Roto Wire, 
It is Joe Bartle. He's been there for years. And, of course, uh, Roto-Wire, one of the premier destinations for fantasy football. You guys have got a, a great deal. If you log onto the website right now, you can get free access to try the site out, find out if you like it. And what kind of information can we get at Roto-Wire that maybe fans need that they don't know they need? Oh, I think um, I was actually just talking about this with my, one of my colleagues earlier today. The uh, points allowed by position, by team, is a really fascinating stat that I end up using quite a bit. When I'm stuck between two players I like quite a bit, I can look at, say, uh, I had a conversation with a colleague about Eric Ingram or Evan Ingram. I'm sorry, Eric Ebron or Evan Ingram, as far as which tight end I should start. Now, Evan Ingram, obviously a stud tight end for the Giants, likely will be a feature part of that offense, but he is going against the Jaguars defense in Week 1. We'll counter that with a guy like Eric Ebron, who's, I would say, more of a late-round pick. Uh, but he could be a factor and has been a factor throughout the Colts preseason thus far, and maybe he's been a, a better option over the against the Cincinnati Bengals in Week One. Both players you can kind of compare and contrast. Well, Jaguars actually allowed uh, a little bit of middle of the pack in terms of t- uh, points to the tight end spot, and Bengals were right around there too. So all things being equal, I'm obviously going to go Evan Ingram in that sense, and I, I love using that defense versus position tool when it comes to tough decisions in my fantasy lineup. I also love the fact I can see all the news and injury analysis that goes on. I mean, that's that's up to date. That's not just on the website. That's on Twitter too. I mean, those are all over the updates if you follow Rotowire on Twitter uh, and the cheat sheets too. Especially, especially as we're getting closer to this draft time and really it's the last week and a half where you can make your drafts using these cheat sheets that are getting updated frequently is a good way to kind of figure out where the value is based off of the average draft position that's going around in the league so far. Do you think that? Um more people are going to fantasy now because this seems to be the better way to understand the game of football. I mean, it, you have to really know what's going on to understand fantasy. And, and I think a lot of people maybe have gotten into fantasy because they want to know more about the NFL. Do you see that? That's probably a good way of looking at it. I've always assumed the interest or the additional interest, of, I should say, in fantasy football is just because it's a new layer to watch the game uh, and enjoy the game. So I think we've, at least my generation has kind of moved past the, we're teams of certain, or we're fans of specific teams. That, that's there. But now we're kind of fans of specific players and, and fans of, oh, really, whatever you want to make it to be. And fans of your fantasy football team, or at least the, the players on your fantasy football team, it adds a different layer. It makes watching, you know, last year's Cowboys versus Giants game on Sunday Night Football not such a headache at times, I think. You know, I have to watch Ezekiel Elliott or I'll have to see how Eli Manning's going to do for my fantasy team. It adds a bit of layer to those games that aren't your favorite team. And I think that, more than anything else, is really the reason why fantasy football has grown to what it is today. Joe, before we let you go, any suggestions this week, anybody that if I'm starting to draft here in the next few days, I better go ahead and get, or are there some players that if they come up and they're available I should look at seriously as a way to boost my team? I'm interested in Royce Freeman. Uh, Devontae Booker was technically listed as the starter for the Broncos. I'd be surprised even if that changes by the, t- by the time next week rolls around. But if Devontae Booker is going to be the starter, I do not think it's going to be for the long term. But that should affect Royce Freeman's draft stock, at least initially for these last couple weeks. And I think he's the far more talented Broncos running back. I expect him to be the starter at some point. But a guy that was going in the fourth round, I didn't know for certain. Now he's probably going to fall to the five, six, seven round, and I think that's a much more palpable value for a guy that I believe is the far superior talent in that Broncos backfield. So I think you're going to get 
plenty of value out of a guy like Royce Freeman if you're drafting later on. Just because Devonta Booker apparently is going to be the starter, I'm not buying that, though. I would go with Freeman all the way if I could invest right now. Okay, and who should I draft for my Madden Ultimate team? Because, man, I'm not sticking <laughs> with Andy Dalton. I'm not doing it. No, no, that's that's fair. I think for your Madden Ultimate team, I've really been actually rolling with the Carson Wentz card that you end up getting through by playing the journey. But uh, Baker Mayfield, too, is a card that I've been having a lot of success with on my Madden Ultimate team. So just a couple of different options at quarterback if you don't want to go the Andy Dalton route. All right. Uh, I'm going to be following Rotowire even closer now. Now that you get the uh, the Madden stuff going on there, <laughs> the eSports, because it's Pokemon for sports fans, man. You, you play that Madden Ultimate team one time, you're hooked. Absolutely. And I'm also a Pokemon fan, too. So, you know, there it goes. We're, we're full circle at this point now. <laughs> Joe, we'll catch up with you next week. Uh, looking forward to it because uh, we'll be one step closer to actually some real football. Yes. Yes, I cannot wait. Let's go. Let's get some actual NFL game started. Joe, thanks for talking to us. We'll do it again next week. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. That's Joe Bartle from Rotowire. We're going to take our next break, come back. Uh, we'll get some of your phone calls in later on. We're going to talk Marshall and Miami. We'll have the voice of the Miami Redhawks joining us. His name is Steve Baker. He'll be with us on the program later on. And then we will get you closer to the Doc Holiday call-in show and Inside Herd Athletics with Mike Hamrick. That's all coming up tonight here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Steve Baker is going to join us in a few minutes. We'll talk Marshall and Miami, the Thundering Herd traveling to Oxford. Homecoming on a Saturday. First game of the regular season already homecoming. We'll talk to him about that and get your preview of this one as much as we possibly can all the way from now until Saturday. Um, still doing some game prep here now, getting ready for our pregame on Saturday. We'll be live at Roosters. So if you can't afford the pay-per-view for the game, you can, of course, come to Roosters, watch the game with us, or if you can't afford the pay-per-view for the game, you can tune in right here for free, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So doing some research on this squad and, of course, what we really know is it's going to be tough for Marshall because this is a Miami squad that comes back with 19 starters. They've got eight offensive and eight defensive returners. They've got three special teams people coming back. They've got a squad that has 47 letter winners from last year's team. Of course, they went 5-7 and seven overall. If they beat Marshall, they're 6-6. Six and six. And that was a game where they could have won. Special teams really took care of the game for Marshall. But they were 4-4 four and four in the MAC. They've got all of their starting offensive linemen coming back. Defensively, they've got a strong group of people coming back. But offensively, you want to keep an eye out, of course, for Kenny Young. He is their top running back who's coming back. Gus Ragland, we've talked about him a little bit. Last year, he was uh, 150 of 269 passing, threw for over 2,000 yards, had 19 touchdowns. And they've got a pretty good wide receiver, James Gardner. We're going to keep an eye on him on Saturday. Had 47 receptions uh, last year, so he's their top returnee coming back. He had almost 1,000 yards, and he had 11 touchdowns. So they've got a good core of players coming back. And you heard Doc earlier this week really had nice things to say about Chuck Martin, who is their head coach. He's in his fifth year. 
overall in his career, he's 90 and 40. At Miami, it's been tough going 16 and 33. So he's trying to put this program back to where it needs to be. Miami is really excited about this game. Picked third, I believe, in the Mid-American Conference uh, in the division. Ohio is the favorite this year. Ohio definitely is the team to watch out for in the East Division. They got 10 first-place votes from their preseason poll. Buffalo's picked second. Miami's considered third best in that division. West is Northern Illinois. And you look at the West, there's really more balance there. Ohio is the runaway favorite in the East, but Miami's right there. Miami is right there. So, again, I like this game. I like it's being played as an opener. This is a good series. I like to see it maybe on, not every year, but I want to see it on a recurring basis because you want to get Ohio back in on the rotation. Definitely love playing the Bobcats. I like the fact that they're going to resume hostilities of sorts. So coming up, I'll tell you what, we'll go ahead and take our next break. We'll come back. We'll be joined on the program by the voice of the Miami Red Hawks. His name is Steve Baker. He's going to tell us what we need to know for Saturday when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. want to welcome to the program now Steve Baker. He's the voice of the Miami Red Hawks. Marshall traveling to Oxford. Take on Miami Saturday. It's homecoming, so I'm sure a lot of Red Hawk fans are excited about that. Let's talk to Steve now, who's with us now. Steve, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. And uh, I've got to know, um, homecoming first week Already, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting concept. Uh, you know, we only have so many Saturdays, as, as you guys, I'm sure, remember from Mac play. There's a lot of weekend, a weekday November, and our second Saturday, we're playing actually what is a home game at Paul Brown Stadium against Cincinnati. Uh, and normally, probably that game would be our homecoming, but later on, we have family weekend, and then we have our faculty appreciation weekend in October as well. So. It just fell that uh, homecoming was going to wind up on this first uh, weekend uh, after class. Now, Doc Holliday, he was asked about this, and he joked about it. He, he's really not concerned about it. It's it's just something sure. more for media folks like us to talk about. But he was kind of curious, how do you pick the homecoming queen? <laughs> it's interesting. I really don't know. Uh, usually the court just shows up and they announce whoever won it. So uh, it's interesting at that point. Uh, who who you're familiar with? Who's actually uh, who's actually nominated? And uh, whoever walks out there and they say that you're the queen, I guess. He suggested absentee ballots were in play for this one, so uh, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, could could have been, could have been. They could have been voting all summer. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's, that's one of those things that uh, you know you, you know, I never even really think about. I'm, I'm glad Doc's Doc's holding that down and thinking about it for us. We've got to ask him something. You, you know, first first absolutely. press conference, absolutely. He's not telling us anything. We don't even know who the starting quarterback is. You don't know either. You won't know until game time. Yeah. So that's how it is. You know, goes. I thought that was an. I thought that was his, one of his better quotes from the press conference. Was uh, the first person to know will be Jason Corrier. So you know, you know, we've all seen that happen. And hey, it just just signifies to me that there's a real battle going on there. And you know, it doesn't really matter who's going to step in there between those two at quarterback. They're both highly capable. And uh, 
you know, Doc, I think, is going to look at him during warm-ups and say, okay, you did the best uh, in warm-ups, you start today. I'm looking for maybe a, a multiple quarterback situation here. You might see one quarterback one drive, one the next. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, if that battle is, is really that tight, I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, and, you know, I, I think the more interesting thing for us, obviously, who's running quarterback, uh, each of them a little different styles. They can both certainly run the offense. And the biggest question is, what's that offense going to be uh, for a Miami perspective, a new offensive coordinator? And uh, he has done a different style of his offense in each of the last uh, three years. Uh, you know, one, one university didn't look like the next university and that sort of thing. But it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table. And I think that really probably concerns uh, Chuck Martin and the coaching staff more than who the quarterback is going to be. Steve, uh, with all the questions behind Marshall's quarterback, still to be answered. Miami comes into this one pretty sure of of itself. Is it fair to say mm-hmm. this team knows who it is, its identity, and you've got a lot of returners coming back, and I think a lot of people have been comparing Marshall and Miami, a lot of parallels there, a lot of experience mm-hmm. on both sides of, of this battle on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Doc has a very, very experienced uh, football team, and I think this is, this is a team where Chuck Martin really feels very comfortable with who he's putting out there on the field. I mean, when Chuck took over this program, this going into his fifth year when he took it over, uh, the cupboard was a little more than bare in terms of size, in terms of speed, and in terms of you know, a lot of areas. And I think this may be the first year that Chuck can look at his team and say, you know what, I'm really happy with who I've got number one on the two deep, who I've got number two on the two deep. And you know what, across the board, number three is not bad either. Uh, talent and skill in all the appropriate places. And you know, I think Chuck really likes this football team and, and has uh, a chance to really prove a lot of things on the field this year. A lot is expected of quarterback Gus Raglan. He's been pretty good as of uh, you know as a quarterback. He's been solid, mm-hmm. and you got yeah, him yeah. now another year, and he's probably a lot better. Yeah, you know, and you know he just brings a, a, an air of leadership, which you want from a quarterback. Uh, but uh, you know he leads in different ways. He's not afraid to go out there and get hit. Obviously, he's shown that in his ability to be mobile and run the football. Uh, you know, on occasions and, you know, it's just, you know, the way he leads and guides the offense, but also the whole football team, his work ethic is incredible. And, uh, you know, having him back again this year for that senior season, I, I, I really like what he's done in fall camp. And even in the spring, when you go back and watch what he's done there uh, in getting ready for this season. So uh, really excited about seeing him on the field and getting things done for the Red Hawks. Raglan seems to be getting most of the attention, at least uh, on our side of this. But really, Marshall, I'm sure they're aware, but the fans need to be aware. you got a pretty solid running back coming back. Kenny Young, he last year had six touchdowns. He ran for almost 800 yards. Definitely was a workhorse. Um, what do you expect out of him this year? I expect a lot out of him. I think he's really going to have a breakout season. But, you know, the good news, and for Marshall fans, uh, don't be surprised to see four different guys line up back there. Uh, Kenny Young and Alonzo Smith will get the bulk of the carries. Kenny's more of a speed back. He'll also line up in the slot. He'll uh, go catch the football out of the backfield. Uh, Alonzo is more of that power runner, and uh, it certainly brings that to the table. And then behind that, you have Mo Thomas, who is also going to line up in the slot. Uh, Mo is the absolute one of the fastest guys on the team, if not the fastest guy on the team. So they're looking to get uh, the ball in space to Mo and. 
So, and uh, also Jalen Bester, who got a lot of time when, when Kenny uh, was injured last year, he stepped into the mix and uh, he's going to bring something to the table as well. So again, one of those positions that, yeah, you really like Kenny and Alonzo, but there's some other guys behind him that you're going to see a lot on Saturday. So lots of running, but of course, wide receiver, your mm. top returnee coming back is James Gardner. He almost had 1,000 yards last year, accounted for 11 touchdowns. Uh, does he lead the way for the receivers this year? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, Chuck and I talked earlier this week as, as TV show and again last night on a radio show. Uh, James makes the extraordinary look ordinary. Uh, he just makes catches and plays where you look at it and you just wonder how the heck did he do that uh, and make the catch. He, he battles through uh, contested uh, throws and makes those catches and, and just is an incredible uh, spectacle to watch on the football field. Uh, to make him go, though, you have to have other receivers be able to take that double-team pressure off of him at times, uh, and I think we've got that in Luke Mayock across the way, uh, Jack Sorensen, uh, Jalen Walker. There's there's a bunch of guys out there that can go get the football. Plus, I mentioned you'll see Kenny Young and Mo Thomas line up as a wide receiver. You'll you'll see tight ends line up as receivers uh, to, to help, number one, they can go catch the football. They're all really talented receivers, but also to take some of that pressure off of uh, you know James Gardner and being able to maybe get some one-on-ones out there and really do some work. Joining us on the program, voice of the Miami Redhawks, Steve Baker. So last year, Tyree Keon Davis. Last year, Keon Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a name yeah, that... Yeah, I can't um, forget that name. <laughs> yeah, that's a name that really uh, struck fear in the heart of Redhawk fans. So I'm not going to kick to him anymore, are you? Uh, not see probably that? not. The way the kicking game has changed so much over the last couple of years, and, and you know... Uh, quite honestly, you know, you walk out there the first game and you got a bunch of guys that, uh, you know, basically, you know, you use a lot of uh, freshmen, redshirt freshmen on uh, special teams. And, uh, you know, and in the past we've had to do that because we didn't have anybody else to go out there and run on special teams. But, uh, you know, and, you know, they, they've all got butterflies and they've all got that first Division One uh, college experience. And, of course, you're playing uh, in Marshall in a stadium that is, is just absolutely rocking every time you walk in. And you get a little nervous. And, and I think from the time that the ball was kicked to the time that they ran down, they forgot everything that they learned in fall camp. And, uh, you know, we got it corrected after the second one, thankfully, where Keon would have been running wild all, all the entire game. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm confident in our special team. Sam Sloman can kick the ball and kick it well. Uh, and, you know, yeah, we probably won't be kicking to Keon, but I couldn't guarantee that. I, I, I really have – I know Chuck has real confidence in our special teams. Yeah, Keon's the name, of course, that comes up after last year's game. But how aware is uh, this team of of Tyler King? That's the name that keeps coming up for Marshall <laughs> on offense. How aware is uh, Chuck Martin of what he could possibly do? Oh, I'm sure he's very aware. Uh, you know, Chuck has spent a lot of time watching film. He always does. Uh, you know, and you know, seeing what's going on, reading. He's he's he is one guy that loves to scout the opponent and uh, in all facets. And I am sure he is very aware of him and, uh, you know, is, uh, you know, working his defense around and, and accounting for him on the football field. He's the guy that's most excited, I think, to get out there because he really mm-hmm. wants to just get out there. And talking to these guys this week, of course, maybe it's more of a Marshall thing because 
when I think of rivalries for Miami, I think Ohio first, and same thing for Ohio. I think mm-hmm. Miami, and then here's Marshall. Hey, we're here too. We want to be your rival, and you've got that great right. rivalry with Ohio, and you got that great rivalry with Miami. But it seems like. All right, that's secondary compared to Ohio-Miami, but it feels like that's changing just a little bit. It's still not going to overtake the Bobcats as the team you want to beat the most, but it still feels like, all right, this is a two-sided thing now. Yeah, yeah, and it it stems back a long ways, but certainly when uh, Marshall was in the MAC, that was the rivalry. I mean, you know, Miami-Marshall, you know, you go back to great games uh, there in Huntington and also in Miami. Uh, with Ben Roethlisberger and, of course, all the big names for Marshall uh, playing in that uh, series with Randy, you know, Randy Moss and Chad Pennington, and the list goes on and on. Uh, those were great football games, and it was always a great rivalry. Uh, I, lo- I would love to see that rivalry, rivalry be renewed. I, you know, I think it's, I, I think it's uh, a great rivalry. It's always intense. Uh, you know, the fans at Marshall always uh, you know, travel. They're always intense and and absolutely fun as well. And I, I just, I always loved being a part of that rivalry. And of course, uh, you know, I would, I would love to see that continue. Steve Baker's joining us. He is the voice of the Miami Redhawks on Saturday. It's going to be Marshall taking on Miami. It's going to be a, um, a full house, I'm sure. Lots of uh, Marshall fans in that Cincinnati area. And of course, heard fans travel. Miami always has a great opening game crowd. So this probably should be a, a standing room only crowd uh, is um, is the stadium ready? Jaeger, you know, uh, twenty four thousand plus. So. <laughs> is it ready for this? I hope so. Yeah, I, I'm heading back there right now. As a matter of fact, uh, to make sure I'm ready. Uh, I know I've seen people working in there all week, getting ready for the game as well. And looks like the weather is going to cooperate. And uh, again, always earn, uh, urge the opponents' fans, particularly Marshall fans. I know you guys come in droves. Uh, Allow yourself some extra time. Of course, Oxford's one of those places that you can't get to from here. It's all two-lane highway uh, coming up from Cincinnati. So allow yourself some extra time, uh, as is the case anywhere, I think, in the country during the summer. Everything's under construction, especially the roads. And uh, just take your time getting in. And, uh, you know, you can tune into our broadcast. We'll try and give you some traffic updates when we hit the air about an hour before game time. Why can't we get this to Paul Brown? Make this one the Paul Brown That would be good. Yeah. That That would be good. I, I would agree with that. Uh, it, it's tough enough for us to get Cincinnati and uh, Miami and that rivalry that's been going on for over uh, 120 years to, to get down there uh, for that. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's exciting to, to play down there. I know we've played Kentucky down there and obviously getting ready to play UC down there as well. We've played a couple of times against the Bearcats. But uh, great venue, and uh, I know the Bengals do a great job of hosting those games as well. Looking at the schedule, of course, you, you mentioned that Cincinnati game, and I know there's no overlooking Marshall for that, even though that's probably a right. bigger game. But looking at the schedule this year, uh, on the MAC side, you get a shot at Ohio at home, so you might be able to mm-hmm. take care of business there. They're the team that's picked to win the East Division, but it's not going to get any easier. Minnesota, and then you got to go right. on the road to Bowling Green. Uh, this is not an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination. You know, the MAC is one of those conferences that sometimes gets overlooked. There's great football played in there, uh, you know, top to bottom. But clearly Ohio has a great team. They've got a great quarterback, great running back. Uh, their offense is explosive and their defense is hard hitting. Uh, you can see why they're picked to win the East Division of the Mid-American Conference. But there are so many other teams in here that are good on the East side. Buffalo uh, is in there. Miami's in the mix. Uh, you know, Akron you know, certainly won it last year. 
Uh, and then on the West, Northern Illinois and Toledo are just going to be giant killers, I think, on that side. And uh, you can throw Western Michigan in there a little bit. And, uh, you know, even Central Michigan, although they're picked toward the uh, – lower side of the West, I, I think they could be a surprising team as well. But, you know, very competitive football every time you go home and away. It, you know, it, I think we're going to see, uh, at least from Miami's part, uh, 12 really big dogfights this year. And, you know, not that we won't be in any of those games. I think we'll be in all of those games. It'll be, uh, you know, including Marshall, that's going to be one of those games that I think we go down to the end on. Steve Baker's joining us, voice of the Miami Redhawks. Before we let you go, Steve, is this the year – you think that um, Chuck Martin breaks through. You look at his record, it's been tough for him to, to try to mm-hmm. build this program back. But you look at last year, this team was a good team. They just didn't win a few games that were really close, and that happens to football teams sometimes. Is this mm-hmm. an important year for him? I mean, I don't want to say that he's got to win now to be assured of a job next year, but is that the feeling that, okay, he's got to break through now or is the feeling that, okay, we're going to break through now? Yeah, I, I think we're going to break through. Uh, you know, the, the biggest thing about me and Chuck Martin and uh, you know, me thinking about Chuck and what he's done for the program, as I mentioned earlier, he came in and the cupboard was more than bare. Uh, and, you know, had to build this program from the very roots, and he's done it the right way. It's not like going for the one-year fix or the two-year fix or anything else. He's brought in freshman class after freshman class after freshman class and has built this program. Uh, we have offensive linemen now that look like offensive linemen. We have defensive linemen that look like defensive linemen. That wasn't the case when he took over this program. And uh, I'm just excited about the way the program is going. And I think, yeah, I think this is you know one of those things. I think last year, if it weren't for bad luck, we had no luck at all, as they say. Uh, I think this is a year that we overcome some of that bad luck and uh, back to a bowl game. Certainly St. Petersburg Bowl a couple of years ago was a lot of fun for the team and a lot of fun for the program. I, I think we get back to a bowl this year. I'm looking forward to this one. It's one of my favorite games on the schedule, no, yeah, no matter agree. what. I agree. Um, honestly, looking forward to seeing Steve Cotton. <laughs> yeah, the voice is coming back. I'm sure, um, I'm sure you guys can reminisce about all those treks going into Oxford because, wow, uh, that's a tough place to get to. Yeah. It really is. I mean, yeah, and you know, and they haven't done anything to improve it, guys. The roads are a little bit wider, that sort of stuff, but it's still two lane highways, so allow yourself some extra time. Uh, and you know, there inevitably there's construction this time of year. I'm stuck in it right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, but you know, just take your time and get in and uh, safe travels to all the Marshall fans coming up. Number one, take your time and uh, enjoy Oxford. And uh, looking forward to having you in town. Why can't the um, Why can't the hockey team just request that road to be expanded? It would happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it sometimes, but, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that we've uh, talked about. And actually, you know, uh, it's amazing how ODOT schedules things. I mean, uh, 27 uh, in town in Oxford has been under construction all summer long, and we get that cleared up. And then ODOT closes uh, a part of the uh, 27 deck back toward Cincinnati a little bit uh, for the week. And we're hoping that they get it done. It's supposed to reopen tomorrow, and uh, everything will be fine. But, uh you know, that's one of those things that scare you when uh, you see uh, road close signs beginning on this date uh, come up. So hopefully it's all open and ready to go and uh, ready to uh, bring a lot of people into Oxford on Saturday. Steve, thanks for spending some time with me today. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, I can't personally make the trip on Saturday, but I'm still looking forward oh. to watching this one. Yeah, I'm stuck here. I got to do the uh, I got to get the free meal after the pregame. You know, we do the uh, there remote. There you go. Yeah, so 
albeit there rooster. So yeah, chicken wings and all that kind of stuff. It's it's really going to well, be tough for me. Somebody's got to do it. You know. You know. All we have is La Rosa's, so chicken and roosters sounds a little bit better. <laughs> Steve, have fun on Saturday. Looking forward to this one. Uh, appreciate your time on this, and uh, we'll uh, be all watching with excitement on this one. Very good, Paul. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you having me on. That's Steve Baker, voice of the Miami Redhawks. We're going to take our next break, come back. We're getting closer to Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. I'm looking forward to that. Also, the first edition of the Doc Holiday Call-In Show. It's all coming up later on this hour here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. What'd you say? I, I, I can't hear you because of the feed. Can you take that out of my ear? Oh, the cor- now talk to me. I can hear you now. A little what? Check, 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 check. Um... I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I mean, there's nothing else I can adjust here on that. Ask Paul, ask Paul real quick, see what he thinks. Hello, one, two, check, one, two, check, 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 one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, check, 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 check. Hello, one, two, three, four, five. That doesn't get adjusted. Check, one, two. Check one two. How about that? Is that better? Hello, 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 hello. hello. Okay. Hey, let me ask you this here real quick. Check this mic. Check one two. How's that one? That one good? Check one two. Check 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 check. You got me? Okay. This sounds good. It's fine. Check one two. One 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 one. Is that good? Okay. Thanks. We'll be ready when you guys are. Just go ahead and send me back the feed. Thank you. And you're really hot, by the way. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're just a couple of minutes away for another couple of hours of herd sports. What's coming up tonight is the first edition of this year's Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. Now, let me sell the show to you again because this is a golden opportunity for you to ask the athletic director questions. And you can join the program, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Now, if you go on social media, you sometimes question what's going on at Marshall. You have comments. You have criticisms. You kind of wish, you know, I, I would like to ask Mike Hamrick why this is happening. Or you just want to know something that only Mike Hamrick can tell you because he's the man with the inside knowledge. This is your opportunity. He does not duck questions. He does not hide from anything. He will answer your questions as truthfully as anyone I've ever talked to. So he's going to be on with you in a few minutes. 
after that, you've got Doc Holliday, his first coach's show. So the voice of the herd, Steve Cotton, will be with Doc, and they're going to preview from the coach's point of view this game between Marshall and Miami. So stay tuned for all of that. And then after that, we've got coming up, we're going to join this one in progress here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We've got the Bengals taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Now, that game already going on on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3. And 13.40, so if you want to catch the game, which kicks off at 7, we'll have that for you on Cat Sports 93.3 and 13.40. Or if you just want to tune in to the Doc Holiday Show and then catch the game afterwards, just keep it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30. And, of course, Saturday, you know our coverage plans. We go on the air at 12.30. We're going to be live at Rooster, so if you're looking for a way to watch the game, you can't do the pay-per-view, we've got you covered. Or, of course, you can stay with We've got you covered here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Also on 93.7 The Dog. So several ways for you to follow Herd Athletics. That's going to do it for this edition of our program, but it continues coming up in the next few minutes as Inside Herd Athletics with Mike Hamrick, then the Doc Holiday Call-In Show, then the Cincinnati Bengals, right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I want to thank my producer tonight, Gabriel Sellers, also uh, his father, Kenny Sellers, also a producer of this show at times. Appreciate those two for taking good care of me on the technical side and for the Rockstar Energy Drink that's got me through the second half of this program. For those gentlemen, I'm Paul Swan. Have a great evening, everyone. station. West Virginia Metro News, I'm Alex Thomas. A U.S. Marshal has been authorized to collect more than a million dollars owed by the companies of Governor Jim Justice and his family. This is another issue regarding debts of the governor and his companies. Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhinney has more at WVMetroNews.com. South Charleston residents are remembering the life of a local high school football standout. Tyler Harris died Wednesday in a shooting at his home in Lynchburg, Virginia. Harris was quarterback from 2008 to 2010, winning the Kennedy Award in 2009. Former South Charleston head coach John Messenger says Harris was a reliable player in the clutch. It, it didn't matter what game, what situation, uh, what was going wrong. You 